When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Red Sox team is poised to get on its roll against the Yankees. It's poised really to steamroll this Yankees team. I hate to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all you Yankees fans who are listening out there. Um, but just there's so many injuries. And they're playing generally poorly right now. Hello and welcome into episode 212 of the Red Sox Beat podcast on CLNS Media, leading online video and audio provider for Major League Baseball and the Red Sox. Episode 212 is brought to you by betonline.ag. That's CLNS's preferred online sportsbook. Today we're welcoming in uh, Brendan Cuddy from NJ.com, Yankees beat writer, to preview the uh, series between the Red Sox and Yankees this week. So, Brendan, how are you? Chris, I'm great. This series... It doesn't feel like a big one, but it could be. It really could. It's only two games, but the first chance for these two teams to really uh, go at it this season. Ten, 10 and 9, I think the Red Sox were last year, and then obviously they met again in the playoffs. But just like we were experiencing here in Boston down in New York, not really a good start for the Yankees. And I think you know that all starts with obviously probably one of the worst uh, injury bugs I've seen a team get in you know a few years at least. Yeah, it's nuts. Everybody is hurt. I'm waiting to go into the clubhouse and like step on a rolled up sock and break my <laughs> leg. I don't, I don't know how these guys are going through it. I don't know how the healthy guys are staying healthy. I know that it's in the back of their mind. A while back, Luke Voigt got hit on the, on the wrist and he was pissed, not just because he got hit on the wrist, but because he could have been like number 37, really mm-hmm. number, number 11, number 12 on the injured list. So, yeah, the Yankees are are truly like decimated almost. And that being said, they do have enough talent to be competitive with a lot of teams, even the Red Sox who seem like Chris, you guys are mostly at full strength by now, right? Yeah, no, it's um you know, they have Brock Holt and Brian Johnson on the injured list, I guess, still calling it the disabled list, but um other than those two guys, pretty much everyone's healthy. It's so, you know, I've said and I've written it, it could be worse. You know, the Red Sox, you feel like, are going to break out of this after uh, eventually. I thought it was going to happen this homestand, and it didn't, where they were 3-3. Three and three. But with the Yankees, they have guys who are clearly going to be out for a long time, and um, it's going to be probably harder for the Yankees to bounce back. Really, to steamroll this Yankees team, I hate to say it, um, mm-hmm. all, all you Yankees fans who are listening out there, um, but just there's so many injuries, and they're playing generally poorly right now. And you got Jay Happ and James Paxton going for the Yankees on the mound these first two uh, these two games. And while last year that sounded like a great thing, you know, Jay Happ was so good, and Paxton in Seattle, you thought he had ace potential. Mm-hmm. Both guys have have really, really fallen off at least the start this season. Now there's no reason to think they can't recover. It's just three starts. 
but some of the stuff's alarming. Half's fastball's been down a little bit. The control that he's been known for has been all over the place. Paxton, his control really hasn't been there. And I don't know if I'm playing or thinking too deep into this, but he talked the other day about needing to talk to or wanting, sorry, talk to a sports psychologist and friends and ex-players and ex-teammates about what it's like to play in New York. Mm-hmm. Is that getting to him after three starts? Yeah, no, and that's... we I mean, we saw too? Right, that's exactly what I was just going to say. I mean, we've seen, you know, just a very recent example of a guy coming from the West Coast, a smaller market, being really excellent there, coming over in a big trade, a, a trade that was supposed to really help the Yankees rotation, and that didn't work out at all. So I think it's, you know, very early, obviously, but, you know, the psychologist thing and playing in that market, it's obviously... A concern. I've been trying, you know, reading the coverage on that and and seeing that headline. I think it's uh, first of all, I think it's it's a really you know honest admission from Paxton. I don't think there's a lot of guys that would would come out and say that or, or be open with it. So I, I do really respect that. But um, for the Yankees, you know, it is it's concerning. It's super concerning. And just to make one last point on that, you make a good point, Chris. You know, the fact he brought it up, the fact that he was straightforward about it. The fact that he talked openly about it must mean that there's a good amount of it behind him or that he feels like he's standing on pretty firm ground. Yeah, Otherwise, true. you don't bring that kind of stuff up because you don't really you don't really talk that loudly about your insecurities. Maybe you talk about things that, that are behind you or things that you've dealt with as opposed to so much things that you're dealing with. But, I mean, how's what's sale look like for you guys? Those numbers are pretty are pretty gross too. Similar, but it's, it's different. I think similarity is that those two guys who the Red Sox are going to face, Hap and Paxton. Paxton was an off-season trade acquisition. Hap is a guy they re-signed for you know big money after getting him at the trade deadline last year. So it's it's magnified, obviously, when these guys you know either get a contract or come over for the first time. Sale obviously just signed for 145 million at the end of spring training. So the basically the expectations are sky high there for him. Not only was he shelled in Seattle and then pitched poorly the other day against Toronto, but I think the big concern is that decrease in velocity that we've seen. Um, you know, the Red Sox are obviously comfortable enough with the shoulder that was so problematic down the stretch last year to give him $145 million, but you still have to wonder, you know, is that a problem? Is this going to be uh, an issue moving forward? That's a huge commitment for a guy that has shut down in the middle of a lot of seasons. Last year really took a few months off because he had to build that back really interestingly the Red Sox were able to you know have a big enough lead on the Yankees last year and really have everything put away before September that they could build in give sale a spring training in September you know that one of the impacts of this start this poor start is that they're probably not going to have that type of lead they're not going to be able to do that so you know I think the Red Sox rotation there have been less or fewer bright spots than we've seen with the Yankees rotation. They at least have a couple guys pitching well. Um, but Sale and Evaldi, two guys that really dominated the Yankees last year with a chance to go into Yankee Stadium and win. Um, but, like, you know, you think it's it's magnified because of those, you know, Hap getting that deal and Paxton being that, you know, supposed savior? I think it's magnified because the sky is falling. Yeah. I think it's magnified because these are two legs of the table you thought were stable. And they're both right. crashing while you've got dinner on it. And I'm sure so, the, Sever- the Severino part of that doesn't help at all. Yeah, everything is going wrong. And a guy like Hap and a guy like Paxton, those guys weren't supposed to go wrong. And you know what else is going wrong, Chris? The bullpen. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, you got five shutout innings from them 
on Sunday, which was huge. You know, Joe Harvey, who just got called up for the first time back in Houston last week, has looked pretty good. Chad Green, he, he rebound, rebounded a little bit, but he's been giving up some home runs. Adam Onovito looked pretty good. And, and, and Adam Onovito has been the real bright spot out of this bullpen. Chapman still dealing with a little bit of decreased velocity. You can't, you can't tell Red Sox fans that Adam Onovito has been a bright spot because they still want him uh, from the offseason. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually, you know, since we're talking about it, a little surprised you guys didn't end up with, uh, with the, well, sorry, with the Red Sox didn't end up with uh, David Robertson. I, I, that, that looked like an, an obvious. Yeah, it did look like a perfect fit. Right, especially for the money he got. Mm-hmm. Was really, I was a little surprised by that deal. Um, but, but the bullpen, supposed to be this big old Yankees strength, supposed to dwarf at least the Red Sox bullpen. Really, not so much. Uh, Chris, I, I got to tell you, I don't know a whole lot about how the Red Sox bullpen is faring right now. Has it been trash? Has it been really good? It's been, it's been a lot better than expected. You know, on that opening road trip, the starters were horrible. The offense was up and down. Uh, the bullpen was actually pretty good. They've gotten, you know, up until the last couple of days, they got really interestingly surprising contributions from Colton Brewer, who's their only guy they, they acquired over the offseason. Um, and then Marcus Wald and a guy who was basically in AAA for all of last year. Those guys kind of imploded in the last couple of days, and Walden was just sent back down. But, you know, as a whole, it's been pretty good. Matt Barnes has been excellent. Brazier, um, you know, I think those are the guys that are going to be – I have the real spotlight at the end of games. Brandon Workman's been good. So the bullpen, it's been really, I mean, a bizarre world version of the Red Sox so far where starters are bad, the bullpen's good, um, and they need that to turn around. I think with the Red Sox this week, you know, a couple encouraging starts, Eduardo Rodriguez and David Price, but – you know, those were against the Orioles. You've seen a ton of so far this season. The Yankees, um, you know, struggled out of the gate against Baltimore. The Red Sox just split two of four with Baltimore, who is, you know, by all accounts going to be the worst, one of the worst teams in baseball history. So yeah, that's another part of this where neither of these teams are going up against the best competition. Granted, the Yankees played the Astros and, and get swept in the whole deal. But the Red Sox, their series have been against Seattle, Oakland, Arizona, Toronto, and Baltimore. And they're, you know, where they are right now. So it's... Um, uh, you, you mentioned the sky is falling in New York, and I think the injuries have a big, big part of that. I think you know there are definitely boos today because, at least partly, Chris Davis had a home run in today's game, um, Monday's game here uh, on Patriots Day. Um, obviously, that's the guy who has not hit at all since the middle of September, and he had a three for five game with four RBIs and then a home run today. Uh, so when you see that kind of guy, you know, beating your pitching, that probably will cause you to boo. But I think Red Sox fans also kind of have, and this is very rare for Bostonians, really rare for people in this area. They have kind of the idea that they're going to bounce back. They have the, you know, this team's too good to be this bad. They're going to break out of it. When you talk about the sky falling for Yankees fans, is that the injuries? Is that just, you know, kind of this residual frustration from how the postseason went or this team not going further? Or where does that come from? It's it's seeing. 11 guys on your injured list, including your starting center fielder, shortstop, catcher, and designated hitter, all guys who, and and third baseman, all guys who are legitimate all-star type talents sitting on the injured list. And then Luke Voigt standing in his corner locker saying, wait a second, guys, all these guys are hurt, but we probably should have beaten the White Sox Mm -hmm. and them not beating the White Sox. Yeah. Losing two of three to the White Sox, mm-hmm. losing two of three to start the season with the Orioles, you know, right. uh, ha- having getting swept by the Astros, though they kept themselves in 
a couple of those games. Mm-hmm. That, that that's the sky falling. It's it's things are awful, but the depth is there. But the players who need to step up aren't totally stepping up in every single way. But Chris, you know, I just thought of something really hard hitting and something really important that we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Remember last year, first Yankees Red Sox series. You know what went down. Right. The brawl. A couple of actors that are, are not with either team right now, but still. Which means, who starts this year's brawl? We pick a Red Sox. <laughs> who starts this year's brawl? I'll go with the Yankees. Yeah, you know, Chris Sale's going to be the most fiery guy on the team. So, it's always a safe bet. You think it's, you think Chris Sale would be the guy who, like, you know, fourth inning, you know, hits a guy in the ribs because, hey, you know, we're, we're making a statement. I, I think if someone was in a starter brawl on the Yankees, it would probably be Luke Voigt. Uh, yeah, which, no, which he, he looks like the type for sure, and I'd oh. be terrified. I'd be terrified if I was, you know, skinny Chris Sale going after Luke Voigt. But oh, geez, and, and Luke Voigt would be salivating. I just there, there are so many big, scary monsters on the Yankees, and of course, right. hurt right now. But I don't know. Uh, and it's just fitting that Luke Voigt was the replacement for Tyler Austin uh, mm-hmm. uh, last last summer. So that that would be. Uh, I'm not saying I want to fight. But no, you're, that's what you're saying. You're saying you do want one. I'm saying I'd watch one. You yeah. Know what? And, and, and you know what? If we, if we don't get one uh, you know, on the field, maybe we'll just start one in the press box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that works too. But I, I think you can probably take me. So, I'm scared about everybody else in the press box. You, you can't teach so, height. So I won't start that one. <laughs> I mean, what, is the, what is the fun of a 6-9 and nine team and a 6-11 and 11 team fighting, though? No. It's kind of uh, it's it's, sad at that point. It's it's sad, but I mean, at least you're not watching terrible baseball. Yes, and have you seen? I mean, you've I haven't watched the Yankees closely. I've been watching the Red Sox and be involved in a lot of really bad baseball games, wild pitches, pass balls. The guy, you know, stole home against them this week, and a lot of errors. Has it been, you know, sloppy stuff from the Yankees like that? Sloppy games, ugly games, or, or are they just getting getting beaten by actually good baseball? Um, no. Uh, it's been a combination of sloppiness mm-hmm. and ineffectiveness from players who they can't afford to be ineffective right now. Um, I mean, yeah, you credit Carlos Rodon on Sunday, lefty who had a pretty rough track record coming into the game, but throws 95, you know, ha- has pretty electric stuff when he's on. They, you know, Rodon beat them. If I'm saying mm-hmm. the same, I think I'm saying the same, right? But aside he, went, that, he went to North Carolina State, so I don't think it matters if you say it right. I forgot where your allegiances lie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, you got, and, you know, I hate to harp on, on things that happened a week ago, but Breck Gardner not running out a double play, you know, thinking the ball was mm-hmm. foul and just not running it out. Um, Bobble balls here. Um, Gary Sanchez to start the season with like four throwing errors in, in five games, something like that. Um uh, Greg Bird being indecisive on a play to first base. Do you step on first? Do you go home? He just drops the ball. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just just some just a lot of ugly stuff all the way around. Um, on Sunday, with Kyle Higashioka behind the plate. Now it wasn't all on him, but the red, but the White Sox stole five bases on 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 the Yankees. Now that was a mm-hmm. couple times where the defense just didn't just didn't cover the bag. Um, there were a couple of other times where he had no shot. But I mean, geez, five stolen bases. Yikes. So just every single way possible, the Yankees are getting beat right now. And 
you know, you mentioned how at least the Yankees are getting some good starting pitching. I don't really see it. You know, they got they got something good from CeCe on Saturday. That mm-hmm. was his first start of the season, five right. But he's, Tanaka, he's, he's the first guy to come back off the off the IL, right? Right, right. And and who knows who the next guy is going to be? It's it's, it's not going to be anytime soon. Maybe it's Gary Sanchez. Tulowitzki or Tulowitzki hasn't really been doing much either. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, he, and he's going to probably need some uh, some rehab games or a rehab game or two. Um, you know, uh, but just it's been it's been kind of ugly in a lot of ways for the Yankees, and you know it, it's hard to imagine. You know, being honest here, it's it's it, it's hard to see it turning around against the Red Sox, who have so much talent, who can be so good. But that yeah. being said, who saw the Red Sox getting off to this start? It, it's entirely right. possible that the it's... Yankees decide to start, decide to um, flip the switch, and you know, the Red Sox are the ones who who, who tank. Who who knows? Who knows? I have just two more questions for you. Gonna let you go, but um, first, of all these injuries, you know, we have. And Duhar and Severino, who was just shut down for six weeks, and Batances, who the bad update on him the other day. Of all these injuries, you know, what do you, which do you think are the most concerning moving forward, or going to be the most long term? I think the, I think where the, where it's felt the most right now, is center field with Aaron Hicks, mm-hmm. because you have Brett Gardner out in center field, really not hitting. Yeah, and and you you really miss Aaron Hicks's arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you you miss Severino because he could be such a stabilizing presence in that rotation, especially one that's that's not really getting it done right now. You know, your your two and three guys are not are not stepping it up. Um, and I think that when Didi Gregorius gets back sometime this summer from Tommy John surgery, we're all going to remember, holy moly, what a good defender this guy is. Yeah, uh, Torres has been fine, but he's made some rushed throws. He's been a fine Band-Aid, but, but Didi is a guy who probably should be a two-time All-Star right now, and he hasn't been one yet. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how I'd, I'd rank the impact of the Yankees' injuries. Oh, and Dell and Batances, though the Yankees' bullpen is really deep. Yep. There have been times in the late innings where a guy puts a few guys on, and you say to yourself, man, I bet, bet Aaron Boone really wishes he, he can call on Dell and Batances right now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy, and like I said, you know, Red Sox fans, at least everybody's healthy. Brian Johnson's hurt. Brock Holt's coming back this week, but at least everybody's healthy. I'll let you go with this. You are not too high on the Yankees right now. Don't like their chances, but what's your prediction? Two-game series, do they, do they get swept? Do they split? What happens here? I think they lose them both. Yeah. I think they lose them both. Um, and, and that's just basing it off recent performance. Um, they, they, haven't, they haven't been turning around. And it's hard to it's hard to watch the way they played and pull confidence from it. That being mm-hmm. said, like you know, Aaron Judge could hit three home runs in in, in a series, or you know, yep. uh, Luke Voigt can go off, or you know, DJ O'Mahey can keep being you know Babe Ruth, right? A, a monster, an absolute monster, <laughs> yeah, a silent assassin. That guy never talks. Or no. um, uh, you know, James Paxton can remember, holy crap, I'm James Paxton. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that being said, we just haven't seen it yet. And just knowing what the Red Sox can do, if I'm the Yankees or I'm sorry, if I'm a Yankees fan, I'm not feeling great going into it. All right. Well, we'll see you in the Bronx. Thank you for your time, Brendan. Hey, Chris, looking forward to seeing you. Thank you so much for having me on. Can you believe it's already spring in Boston? Red Sox season is underway and the Red Sox have begun their quest 
for another World Series title, which would be their fifth in 16 years. Not off to the best start, as we know. If you're dying to feel like you are a part of the action and you don't know where to start, well, we have the place for you. There is only one place to share in the wins with the Red Sox, grab the odds, and allow the experts at betonline.ag do the heavy lifting for you. That's betonline.ag, just like Attorney General. They have sports. They have live betting. They have a virtual casino. Anything you want, betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is CLNS Media's preferred sportsbook online. If you're feeling lucky and want to support our podcast, go to clnsmedia.com backslash SoxBeat. That's S-O-X-B-E-A-T. And use the promo code CLNS50 for that 50% sign-up bonus. That's CLNS50. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. So we're joined now for this part with Chris Smith. He's my colleague at Mass live.com my co-beat writer chris welcome to your first of what will probably be many appearances on this show oh well i'm very excited to be here thanks for having me chris you kind of want the red sox side of things you were at most of the games on this homestand you were at you know the last seven games of the road trip in oakland and arizona and this team six and eleven and why is that chris because of everything uh because of pitching because of, of starting pitching in particular I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's unbelievable. Their starting ERA is over seven. Um, batting average against is two two ninety two, which is the worst in the or worst in the majors. Mm-hmm. The WHIP is the worst in the majors. I think it's one six five. Um, and you know their hitting isn't much better right now. I mean, Mookie Betts hasn't hit the ball. He's you know his OPS is below eight hundred. His batting average, which we don't we don't care about batting average, but still it's two twenty two. He went three for 21 on the homestand. So, I mean, he, you know, you can look at Pejora and everybody said, oh, Pejora didn't hit, hit it all on the homestand. Well, there's a lot of that on Twitter right now. You know, is there? Is there? I really yeah, got there is. <laughs> I got, yeah. I got, I got one person that tweeted to me and said something about, about Pejora. That was it. But that's why I bring him up because I'm like, well, you know, he's, he's hitting in the low hundreds, but give him some time here. You know, I mean, he, he hasn't played, you know, uh, more than three games. Uh, he played three games last year. He hasn't really played since the, the 2017 season. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Mookie Betts, who was just as bad on the homestand, maybe even worse because he's dropping, you know, he's, he's he can't even catch a ball in the outfield that he's supposed <laughs> to catch. <laughs> so, yeah, you, know, you today... know, he's batting 143 during the mm-hmm. homestand. He has one home run. He's the guy that needs to get the offense going. So. But he took it, you know, he took accountability today. He said, you know, he said, um, you know, this is unacceptable. And he said that after the game. So, um, you know, he knows he needs to be better, but everybody needs to be better. And, you know, they're not feeling the ball that well. And as I said, you know, the, the mental mistakes, you know, there's been some miscommunications in the outfield. And then you've also got some bad base running as well. So, I mean, it's been everything. Yeah. And I think, you know, we talked about, especially with Alex Cora, he said, Teams have adjusted. That's part of this. The Mariners' approach offensively in the first four games was incredible. They're hitting homers left and right. They really haven't stopped that. They've still been, you know, just as good um, since the Red Sox left Seattle. So the Mariners are, you know, maybe a team that really outplayed them. But we're seeing, in a lot of cases, the Red Sox beating themselves. These are not the, you know, these teams are not the class of Major League Baseball. You have after, you know, Arizona's a team that's rebuilding. Lose two out of three to them. Uh, Oakland was a playoff team last year, so they're okay. But 
you have Toronto and Baltimore who you're splitting with. Yeah. These are supposed to be, you know, the two bottom teams in the American League East, if not the if not the entire league. And like you said, it's a lot of self-inflicted stuff. It's a lot of, you know, they they had a guy steal home the other day for Toronto. There's there's errors, there's drop balls, there's miscommunications. It's it's you know, I you know, you hate to use this this term that is so overused over the years, but that World Series hangover is real just because this team is is beating themselves. We're you know not two games in anymore. We're seventeen, and um, it's it's just been tough to see. Yeah, I mean, when you look at a series like this with, with you know the Orioles, I mean, you, you can never, I guess, expect a sweep. Um, but three out of four, you you should expect three out of four against a team like the Orioles. Yeah, and even when you and have they're not they're not to, even projected to win fifty games, really. Yeah, so. even when you have a lineup like Monday where. You know, you don't have your regular, you know, you don't have some of your regulars in there. You know, Jackie's sick and, you know, Andrew Benetani fouled the ball off his foot. I mean, still, the Red Sox have a $240 million, you know, payroll. And they're, you know, the the, the people that they had in the lineup were a lot better today than the people that Baltimore, the Baltimore Orioles had in the lineup, which is, you know, a AAA or a 4A lineup. Okay. Mm. And so there is no 4A, remember. <laughs> his MLB. <laughs> so mm-hmm. anyway, like Joey Core so, always tells Alex. Yeah. So uh, you know, so I mean you, you can never expect a, a sweep, I guess, in a four game series, but um, you know, they, they should have won three. And, you know, I mean you you would have liked to have seen them win four, but they should have at least won three in this series. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and, and I I look at it like, you know, maybe they're playing not too inspired like they're they had more to prove last year you know they they were a team that didn't win you know the previous two years they were knocked out in the alds the previous two years and mm-hmm. you know everybody was saying oh they can't they can't make the you know they can't play in the you know they, they they're not a playoff team they're, or they're not good in the playoffs they get knocked out early in the playoffs and the red sox were so motivated last year and everything and and, and it looks like they're playing like the defending world champions this year. Like they don't have anything to prove. And so I wrote a column today, you know, after this game, it was just like, you know, yeah, they do have something to prove now. Maybe they haven't been playing like they have something to prove because they didn't have something to prove because they were the world series champions, but now mm-hmm. they're six and 11 and they, you know, they, they don't look like a good team and Tampa Bay's playing like the 2018 Red Sox where they look yeah. like they're, you know, they look like they're motivated. So the Red Sox do have something to prove right now. They, they just have to prove that they're actually a good baseball team. <laughs> and obviously, this this upcoming road trip is, I think, a lot bigger than anybody would have envisioned, you know, a mid-April road trip being. They get two games in New York uh, starting tomorrow, a day off. They go to Tampa, play three games there, wrapping up on Easter Sunday, and then they come home for 10. But, you know, what you wrote is that this – this road trip is actually pretty big. It's a time for them to prove themselves against not just, you know, your big rival, but a team that the Rays are, are putting up a Patriots record right now with 12 and four. Um, and they've looked, <laughs> you know, excellent. Their pitching staff has been awesome, obviously, you know, doing it in an unconventional way. They don't have the five starters like the Red Sox or the Yankees do. Um, but the Rays have been great. And now, you know, you have to go in into Tropicana Field in front of 5,000 fans. And, and according to Chris Smith, prove yourself, right? Yeah, well, now that you put it that way, thanks. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but really, though, I mean, they are, you know, we knew they were going to be pretty good. I think they have a lot better starting pitching now than they did last year with, mm-hmm. you know, they're deeper in starting pitching with, you know, Morton in there. Right. And so, 
you know, I look at that as a very good team. And, you know, I, but I think that they should be able to, to take these, they should be able to take these two games in New York before they go there. I mean, Evaldi yeah. was, you know, legit against the, the Yankees last year. They could not hit him mm-hmm. um, either in the regular sales, season. Sales numbers or were incredible season. too. And sales, sales numbers against the Yankees are, you know, date back years. You know, he's mm-hmm. always been good against the Yankees. He's always been good at Yankee Stadium. So, you know, it should be interesting, you know, because obviously Sale isn't the same type of pitcher right now. Um, yep. You know, I mean, he's got an ERA of nine and his, you know, the opposing team is opposing the opposition's batting over 300 against him. So, you know, this isn't the same Sale that we've seen dominate. But, I mean, it should be interesting to see what kind of pitcher Chris Sale is, you know, at Yankee Stadium on Tuesday night because, you know, I mean, where the velocity is, where he's spotting his pitches, how much better his slider is, um, you know, and, and Chris Silver really needs to, to you know, to turn that corner because they can't just have David Price pitching well and, and you know, Eduardo Rodriguez pitching well every you three You never know what you're going to get from him. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I think, you know, part of this, and, and this is good for me, because I'm going on the trip. Um, the weather tomorrow night in Yankee Stadium is going to be, 65 degrees at first pitch, I think, is a projection. And with no press box windows and just the open air there, I'm very happy about it. And people believe that, you know, when the weather gets better, Chris Sale's going to get better. I think that's been a storyline that, you know, his last start is now going to be a week ago, but a little bit better velocity, but but not the results. And he said he's never felt more lost on the mound. Um, you know, you have expressed to me, you know, some concerns about Sale, especially in the wake of that contract. But, um it's kind of take me through what, what you think of his start and basically when or if you think you're, he's going to turn this around. Yeah, so I, I think that he, you know, will turn around. I don't have, like, I don't think Chris Sale is going to have bad numbers this year. I don't think he's going to have bad stats this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think that one concerning thing is, is that, you know, when the, the velocity in Oakland – um, was the lowest it's ever been average-wise in a start in his career. Now, I know they said he was sick that day, but the velocity hasn't been great all the year. Yeah. And the interesting thing with these starts is, is that if you look at the velocity last year in April, um, the average velocity was low, you know. I mean, it was 93, 92, 93 for a start. But he was getting, you know, he could pump it up at 97. The max velocity was there. At 97, mm-hmm. the max velocity has been around 95 this year. So he's not pumping it up to 97. I think that we'll see velocity come um, mid-May. Mid, uh, mid right. I agree. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come as, as it gets warmer out. But I think that either a concerted, concerted effort or it just not as is going to be as much as last year. I mean, there was there was four starts in June in early July where, you know, he he topped out over a hundred, and there was a couple of starts where he, you know, he topped out at the most that he's ever topped out as a starting pitcher in his entire career. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, when when you ramp it up from what he did in April last year, where he was averaging ninety three and topping out at ninety seven to going to you know, to what, what was that, you know, phrase that he used? Unleashing you know? the Ferrari. Unleashing and, the and Ferrari. Ev- an Evandrelic classic. Yes. 
that was that was when you know that 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 was you, you just can't go from there to unleashing the Ferrari and throwing over a hundred consistently. I think that's what caused the two shoulder problems. Mm-hmm. Now, it, you know, uh, or the 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 shoulder problem that put him on the DL twice or the right. injured list twice last year. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> it, now long term with this contract, um, you know, I don't see, like I I I would have concerns. You know, because if you if you can if you're concerned right now, it's year one, and they have three for six more yeah. years. Now it's year. You know, there's always zero. been durability issues, and so mm-hmm. I think that there should be concern. I I was like, you know, I always thought that they were they weren't going to sign him until you know during spring training when John Henry indicated that they were going to sign him. I felt like they were going to sign him, but until then, I felt like they should wait or they were going to wait until the end of the season, see how, you know, he responded after the two, after the two injured list stints last year and the long year that he had going into the postseason and everything and see how things went and then, you know, determine if he could stay durable this season and then sign him or not sign him. Mm-hmm. Instead, they decided to sign him and, and now it looks like, you know, it could, it could bite them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it- it's obviously very early. It's not even year one. It's year <laughs> zero because the contract doesn't start. But I mean, until next year. But you know, obviously, he's had a very, very unique season last year. One that you know, I don't think we've seen from it's. You know, they completely piloted that program of giving him, you know, building him up like that in September, so he'd be ready for October. And and he was, you know, up and down in October, and he's been mostly down so far. So tomorrow uh, or today, when this drops, I guess will be. A huge, huge start for him. Evaldi, you know, has been kind of the guy where you know one of the few guys that Cora has has talked about, you know, naming specific pitches that have been the problem pitches for him, naming specific at bats, and like you said against the Yankees, he's been excellent. So he'll have a chance uh, in the second game of this quick series, and then you know the Red Sox come back ten games at home. To me, you know, I think that a lot of us felt this way that they thought being home would be you know, perfect for this team. It would be, you know, sleeping in your own beds, getting two off days, a little bit of rest after that 11 game road trip. But they came out flat in a home opener on a cold day, especially, you know, I think, I think what's telling to me is, is this and, and play into, you know, read into this as much as you want. But, but for me, it, it means something. There are days of the year where, you know, they are bigger than other games for sure. You know, they, they go down as one out of 162, but the home opener Opening day and Patriots Day are three landmarks on the early schedule for the Red Sox. They're 0 and 3, and those three, you know, they get absolutely demolished by Seattle on, the, on opening day. The ring ceremony happens, and that's the only positive of, the, of that day for the Red Sox. And then, you know, today with a huge crowd and and pretty good weather on Marathon Monday and everything that entails, and you know, knowing that you're in prime time, 11 a.m. is not your usual prime time, but it's the, it, it's is what it is on Marathon Monday. You know, to come out flat on those three days, I think to me is telling that there's, you know, there's something going on here. You know, I think the next milestone is less than 24 hours away because your first series against the Yankees, you're in the Bronx. You know, I think we saw last year the rivalry get back to a point where it hasn't been in in over 10, 10 or more years with, you know, not just fights and tensions flying, but up an actual playoff series that you know, for the first two games was, was really intense. And that, you know, three or four games in that series were, you know, really intense environments. The third one, there's about, you know, Tropicana field level crowd by the end of it when Brock Holt completed a cycle in front of family and friends. But 
Um, you know, like, like I said, if you can't get up for the three games, you've already been you know, pretty much demolished, and that's concerning. Um, and I read into that. I don't know if you do. But this year, long-term outlook, what do you think? Long-term outlook? I mean, they've got to get going fast because, you know, we've seen that historically, you know, major league teams that, you know, don't play well at the beginning of the year, don't play in well in April, don't, don't, don't make the playoffs in the wild-card era. Uh, I think it was Alex or Pete from the Globe. Either one of them had a stat recently where there's only like three teams in the wild card era that have gotten off to this kind of start that that have made the you know the postseason. And so, I mean, you can you can't win a division in April, but you can mm-hmm. you know lose a division in April, especially you know when you start off six and eleven and then you go play a you know a, a, a Yankees team that you know is not playing well, but they have a billion injuries, but if they beat you and then, and then you go play a really hot uh, Tampa team. So, you know, if you, if you lose these games, you, you could be out of it pretty quick. And so, you know, I've seen, I've, you know, I've been around covering this team when they lost, when they were last place teams in 2014 and 2015. A grizzled um, veteran on the beat, ladies and exactly, gentlemen. Exactly. Thank you. And mm-hmm. I know how things can get out uh, quickly get out of hand. I mean, yeah. we I remember sitting on the bench in uh, it was either late May or early uh, either late April or early May in 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 uh, Oakland, you know, asking Ben Sherrington in 2014, you know, what moves are you going to make? You know, what's going on with this team? You know, how can you get better? And and the things slipping away, and mm-hmm. you could feel things slipping away that early in that season. And so things can be lost early in seasons in Major League Baseball. They can't be won early, but they can be lost early. And um, so the Red Sox got to get their, you know, head out of their something and uh, get going because, you know, it's, it's you know, there, there's got to be more urgency. They got to play with more urgency or else, um, you know, they, they, this season could be could be done quick and we could be talking about trades. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, what a fun time that would be! Uh, I'll I'll leave you with this. Think about if the if everything was flipped, the Red Sox were twelve and four, and the other four teams were at least five and a half games behind. People would be saying, "Oh, the division's already won in April," because that's how it works around here. That's Chris Smith, my uh, co-beat writer at MassLive.com. You can follow him at at Smitty on MLB. 